0: In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club, Club. Feeling good? Looking good? Being good? Getting good? That's us. You look good, man. You look uh, well-rested. Oh, sorry, Uh, Tanner, I was talking to you, the only other person in this room.
1: I was reading a recap of Edward Abbey's The Monkey Wrench Gang. Okay, good. I feel like it's going to come in handy for this discussion. I
0: literally can't wait.
1: Published in 1975, and it's the story of four eco-terrorists blowing up bulldozers and destroying train tracks in the American Southwest to keep the... March of industrial progress from creeping into their beautiful, natural landscape. Wow. Do we sympathize with them? Depends.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. That's it? That's your Edward Abbey content? I'll get to it later, bud. Man. Um, Baby Nation, we're back. We're back Uh, in America. Now we're jet-lagged on the other side of the world from where we were last time we were jet-lagged. And we're both incredibly jet-lagged. I left work at
1: 3.30 today and went home and took a nap. Yeah, and I'm still very tired.
0: Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, and I'm just running on nothing here.
1: Um, good man.
0: <laughs> I got excoriated for, for some of our Tokyo Facebook content. What do you mean? What did you post? It was a disaster. You and I made a piece of content mm-hmm. uh, in Japanese with the help of our Japanese colleague, uh-huh. and I posted on my Facebook page. Man. Google Translate sure makes Tanner and I sound dumb.
1: Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh.
0: <sighs> Brutal. Your wife. Yeah. My wife. wife <laughs> in all caps. <laughs> yeah. And then my mom just now, which is why I am remembering it. Yeah. Uh, emailed me and followed up with a phone call. She was worried about you. Yeah. But that post was about how much fun we. Had it wasn't the post. It. it should be Google Translate. Sure makes Tanner and me look dumb oh wow jack i I used a nominative when i should have used an accusative i'm looking back at it and i like i can't even your wife immediately commented she was like what the fuck is wrong with you dude and then my mom emailed me she doesn't even look at facebook i'm disgusted yeah you should be i'm disgusted it was awful oh i'm shaking (laughs) i'm shook (laughs) oh because of that yeah
1: i don't know if i can trust you to be my co-host anymore (laughs) I'm the one who does bad grammar. Yeah. You do good grammar.
0: I do well grammar.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do (laughs) were grammar. Yeah. Baby Nation Jack constantly corrects me when I say, what do I say?
0: You use the indicative in the place of the subjunctive.
1: Mm, mm -hmm, And you mm -hmm. often do so
0: on this very podcast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, I wish that I was you.
1: I wish that I was
0: you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, you tricked me. (laughs) I wish that I were you. Uh, That's you. Okay. But yeah, there you go. Uh, So I blame that one on jet lag. Baby Nation, if you saw that post on Facebook, I'd like officially to apologize to you, to Tanner's wife.
1: And also stop looking at Jack's personal Facebook, you
0: creeps. Yeah. Hi, hi. Hi. And welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club. Club. (laughs) Oh, God, that one got me. (laughs) He still got the timing off. Yeah. Last week you nailed it. Yeah, we did it twice. Uh, I can I part the uh, the old kimono a little bit. Oh, I wish you would. <laughs> <laughs> we did it twice. The first time you nailed it so good that the second time I did a little bit of audio wizardry to make it seem like you nailed it again the second time. Yeah, yeah, that's good of you. Um, but this time you're a little off. Yeah, Babysitters Club. Can you do your auto
1: wizardry? Let's let me get an isolated club here. Okay, club. I don't know if that's going to
0: harmonize. I'll, I'll do it several times. Yeah.
1: Club, 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 <laughs> club.
0: Great, yeah. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitters Club. Club, Hello. club, a podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, and I. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is a catastrophe. <laughs> you took a nap, and I, Tanner Greenring, talk about the classic novels of Princeton's own Princess Anne Matthews Martin in her Great American Sitters cycle. This week we read. Book number fifty seven, Dawn Saves the Planet. I read it. I liked it. You said earlier today you didn't like it. Did I?
1: Yeah. At work.
0: It's not that I didn't like and it. And I You're...
1: diagnosed why you didn't like it. Okay. Yes. Right. And it was because Dawn comes off as a real uh, uh booger.
0: Okay. Um I'm gonna have to bleep that out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> at work I said Dingleberry.
0: Oh yeah. But our coworker Summer took offense. Yeah. She said that was too evocative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It is true that Dawn came across in this book as deeply overbearing and obnoxious. Yeah, and it's stated several times by her close friends and and her not-so-close friends. This is starting to become a little bit of a thing in Dawn books. Thinking back over the last few, Dawn and the creepy older man and Dawn and the awful date with Lewis. Whenever she's described in non-Dawn books, she is, like, the coolest person and California casual and super chill. And yet in the last three books, she's been, like, really intense and difficult to deal with, frankly. Sounds like she's
1: having conflicted feelings about being in an environment that doesn't
0: nurture her needs, Mm -hmm. specifically a non-Californian environment. Well, she's fucking stuck in Stony Brook. Yeah. So she better get used to that.
1: Yeah, I mean Jeff Hardy went back to California, it would break her mother's heart. Yeah. If Don also went back to California, so yeah. I think for the time being let's just assume that Don will always be in Stony Brook. Yeah, I think
0: that's a given. And and can be cruel sometimes. She killed off Claudia's grandmother, she killed off Christie's dog because they like angered her.
1: She killed off the McGill's love.
0: Yeah, as a way of showing these babysitters who's boss and that they shouldn't cross her. Um, but I can't imagine she'd do something as cruel as taking away Mrs. Porter's only daughter.
1: If Don ever leaves these books and goes to California,
0: yeah. I'll stop reading them. Yeah. And I'll send Anne a strongly worded letter. Yeah, same. I think we can commit to that yeah. here. Yeah. Baby Nation, we all expect you to do the same. Yeah. If that happens, we'll stop reading the book. Don't stop listening to the podcast. No, 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 no. We'll just We'll do we'll do both girls. Yeah.
1: Hell yeah. Ken Cole? Yeah. Yeah, have yeah,
0: you been watching it since we left Japan? I did try to watch a little bit. It seems pretty great. Yeah, I can now confirm that it's it's boat girls.
1: Yeah, they're they're girls
0: who are boats. Yeah, they're girls who are boats. They're boats all the way down. Yep, yep. and all all the way up. All the way up. Yep, <laughs> yep. They're boats. They're boats. But girls. also girls. Yep, also girls. That's the thing about it.
1: Love that we're on American soil <laughs> once again. Still talking about oh, boat
0: girls. Guess what? We almost did.
1: What did we almost do? You're getting up. You're moving over to the other side of the room. Oh, you've got our anime girl, whose name is, what's her name?
0: I can't remember. I'm doing a Tanner thing. I was doing a a very non-audio thing on an audio medium. I can explain to the Baby Nation. I just got up to uh, grab for us our official Babysitter's Club Club mascot. A living? A living. Small doll girl. Doll girl? Who's an anime girl Mm -hmm.
1: who watches over our tapings. Yeah.
0: From now on. Yeah. Her name is... Something I looked it up. Yeah, she's the I looked up her backstory. She's uh-huh. the very wealthy best friend of the heroine of Card Captor Sakura. Yeah, is that what it's called. She's
1: yeah. also in love with her.
0: Um, or was that an alt time? That's light? that's contested. Okay, yeah. Um, Tanner, yeah, shall we describe what happened in this book for the baby nation? Yeah, okay. Uh, Baby Nation, Tanner is anxious to get out of here because he has a, an appointment. And he's got a hard out, which is why you're not getting the normal, strong resistance. Uh, I'm also just incredibly tired, <laughs> as, as stated several times.
1: Just um, very, very tired. And, and I, as is I've often the case
0: week. when Tanner has a hard out and is trying to get through things quickly, he thinks that if we talk faster... I'm not talking fast <laughs> at all. The time will go faster. I'm just not talking. <laughs>
1: Um, jackie take the wheel all
0: right is what i always say when i don't want to do something great here's what we're gonna do buddy i'm gonna describe this book when i'm done if i missed anything i'm gonna put 60 seconds on a big bad clock and have you describe the book good sound good
1: yes all right i'm Did gonna you begin know that there's a oh. thing
0: called the mother nature network
1: a tv network a cable news network called the mother nature network currently? That funny
0: not really yeah currently okay mnn
1: Founded in 2009 by former marketing executive Joel Babbitt and Rolling Stones keyboardist Chuck Levo.
0: Well, no offense to Chuck, especially if you are listening to this podcast, but what a career step down to go from member of Rolling Stones to to co-founding MNN, which is a deep cut cable network that I'm going to
1: guess 95% of people don't actually get. Yeah. Uh, And they syndicate a certain TV
0: show, which will come into play a little later. Wow. I'm excited to hear that. Um, Would you like for me to describe this book? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to begin now. For generations, P3, the third planet out from a G-type main sequence star formed from the gravitational collapse of matter near a molecular cloud, has supported an array of life forms in a complex and fragile ecosystem. But now the balance of that ecosystem is in grave peril, and it has fallen to a small faction of P3 natives called the Babysitters to do everything within their powers to reverse the dangerous crisis that spells near-certain doom for their home world. Led by Dawn, a fanatical and abrasive true believer who will stop at nothing to prevent the catastrophe that she believes is imminent, and aided by a mysterious but powerful group of children called the Green Patrol, The babysitters race against the clock to save their precious world from extinction. Dawn saves the planet. True or false?
1: It's true. I'm worried that your joke is too close to my
0: joke.
1: (laughs) I'll probably still do mine.
0: (laughs) We're on a wavelength, man. All that synchro we took? Yeah. Back in Tokyo? That's why I'm so tired. I'm coming down off that synchro high. Well, maybe it's got like some weird side effects, like we're synced up now. Um, Here's what we like to do on this podcast. I like to make a kind of joke, and then Tanner makes the same kind of joke, apparently. yeah. Um, I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big, bad clock that I have here, and during that time, I would like for you to describe what happened in this novel, Dawn Saves the Planet. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I would like for you to begin
1: now. Five young people who are dubbed the Planeteers are tasked with helping defend the planet from environmental disasters and making efforts to educate mankind to keep others from happening. In the beginning of this book, Gaia uses her planet vision in the crystal chamber to discover where the most devastating destruction is occurring. Uh, In most episodes, one or more of the eco-villains is behind it and sends the Planeteers to help solve the problem. Planeteers use transportation, usually a flying machine called the (laughs) GeoCruiser, based on solar power to avoid causing pollution themselves. In situations where the Planeteers cannot resolve alone, Mm -hmm. they can combine their powers to summon Captain Planet, a superhero (laughs) who possesses all of their powers magnified, symbolizing the premise... That the combined efforts of a team are stronger than its individual parts. Captain Planet only appears in his Captain Planet garb. That's a weird (laughs) note. (laughs) These are not clothes, but elements of the planet.
0: You didn't even get to the elements stuff? No. Like, they can all summon different elemental powers, right? And one of them is heart. This
1: just goes on about Captain Planet's outfit for a very long time. Captain Planet's outfit represents the embodiment of the beauty of the beautiful. (laughs) Better environment a grass green proto mullet <laughs> crystal blue skin
0: what the fuck is a proto mullet earthy
1: brown eyes fire red chest gloves trunks and boots and,
0: and the the 90s were different times huh i don't
1: know who wrote the poetry on this <laughs> captain planet wikipedia page but it's yeah. like very beautiful proto mullet
0: not just any proto mullet but a proto mullet that represents the beauty of the natural environment <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: I'd like to see that. I don't remember Captain Planet being this robust, but Yeah. Uh and now it's syndicated on the Mother Nature Network.
0: Oh, is it really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so the former keyboardist from Rolling Stones quit the Rolling Stones yeah. to go start a Mother Nature Network
0: that mm-hmm. syndicates Captain Planet. Planet. Yeah, very of the moment. Mhm. Um Tanner I did I did a thing. Yeah, you did a thing and you didn't even really do a th- I don't know if it's because you're tired. Mm. You didn't even bother to try to substitute some of the names of the no. thing for No, I just read I just
1: read the Wikipedia page for Captain Planet.
0: Like you don't even pretend that you were summarizing this book.
1: Dawn, the spirit of the planet is awakened from a long sleep by Mrs. Estevez. Now we're talking. Who happens to be drilling above her resting chamber. <laughs> Realizing that the damage is extensive, Don sends five magic rings, four with the power to control an element of nature and one controlling the element of heart, to five chosen youths across Stony Brook. See? Now this is sounding good. Becca Ramsey. hmm Nikki Pike. Nikki Pike. Charlotte Johansson. David Michael. Yep. And Thomas. Andrew Brewer. And Andrew Brewer. Yeah. With their powers combined, they form Captain Planet. They form the Green Patrol. Who's Captain Planet if Dawn is Gaia? Mmm. Stacy. Are mm.
0: your powers combined, I am Captain...
1: Stacy. Captain! Stacy. The
0: kings are Probably Stacy. the Baby Nation doesn't know this because you failed to describe the book. There's a reason we describe the book, usually. It's so they know what happened. Mm. But I guess we can just kind of do that. Here's
1: what happens, Baby Nation. Uh, Don discovers environmentalism, uh, becomes uh, an overbearing, obnoxious twerp about it. Yeah. Uh, Dingleberry, to use the technical term. uh, Dingleberry uh, teaches the youth of Stony Brook about it, and they all become overbearing, obnoxious twerps about it. Um, Don forms a recycling center at Stony Brook Middle School. And her and Stacy work on a project together uh-huh. teaching the youth about ecology. Yeah. Uh, everything works out in the end.
0: Yeah. Um, ring, ring.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, click.
0: Ray's phone to head. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Is this uh, a man of a name that I think is. Chuck Whitaker?
1: Chuck Winchester? Chuck Winchester? This is Chuck Winchester. Hi, Chuck Winchester. Cool. Uh,
0: okay.
1: <laughs> we have to put our man voices on.
0: <laughs> Chuck? Yes? I can't believe I got your name wrong. You're my star reporter.
1: And I'm also a multi-Politzer Prize winning photojournalist.
0: <laughs> yes, you are. We here at the Stony Brook News are so lucky to have someone of your talent and caliber working for us. I don't need to keep repeating this. In case you haven't recognized my voice, it's me, unfortunately, Crispin Deflator Mouse, <laughs> yeah, what, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> very interesting name. What's the uh, what's the origin? Of you know, that? a lot of
0: people say to me, yeah. like "Crispin," they say yeah. uh, your last name sounds like it was made up by someone who's really bad at making up names. Yeah, but what it's is just it? my Can family you run me name? Through it,
1: Deflator Mouse,
0: Deflator Mouse, uh, it like the opera, yeah, Deflator Mouse,
1: mm-hmm. it's German, Deflator
0: yeah, like the opera, yeah. De- Are you, um, Chuck, Chuck, are you, are you looking this up in the encyclopedia here in 1992? It means the bat, the flying mouse. (laughs) Yep, that's what my family name means. (gasps) Are you Batman? (laughs) Chuck, I'm not here to talk about me. I'm here to talk about you, my star reporter. Are you working on anything important right now? Reporting out any deep investigative stories? Uh yeah, I've, I'm doing a pretty
1: deep expose uh, on factory farming and its impact on the environment and how it's the leading cause of a lot of our environmental problems, uh, ozone layer
0: problems. Wow! Don't you have enough Pulitzer prizes? Uh, you
1: know, you just gotta uh, keep keep chasing that
0: dragon. Well, listen, I need my best guy. It's like on... heroin to me. I. <laughs> That's, that's, that's troubling. <laughs> it's deeply troubling, Chuck. But listen, I need my best guy on a late-breaking story. Okay. I'm going to pull you back. Okay. From, from I'm really undercover.
1: A, I'm deep in here. I'm going to lose years of work, but I, if you think it's worth it. Chuck, I hate to do this
0: to you, but the Stony Brook News needs you. Okay. And you're the only one who can save us. All right. I got an assignment for you, Chuck. I'm listening. And I can only have my best guy.
1: Is there a... Uh, Dictator, you want me to go and shadow and do like a sizzling expose on? Uh, Maybe
0: if you have some time after, but this is too pressing.
1: Is there a new drug that everyone in the Midwest is using that turns them into sort of mindless killing machines?
0: I'm certain that that's the case, Chuck, but we've got a bunch of reporters in the Midwest who can handle that perfectly adequately. I need you for something else. Are you familiar, Chuck, with S? M S, is that the
1: is that the new boutique uh cosmetic chuck are you okay you sound like you have jet lag <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've been all over the world at these factory farms uh, is sms some kind of trendy uh designer drug that all the young girls are taking
0: um, it, it's it, turning him
1: into mindless killing <laughs> It may well be. There's a lot of
0: that going on. Yeah, yeah. No, Chuck, you may be familiar with SMS. Remember when I sent you to cover um, the, the young girl, Dawn, who had a sleepover at Stony Brook Middle School? Uh, oh, so the yeah. Br- Br- that didn't really... Br- um, I pulled you off that big coup in mm-hmm. Malaysia. Yeah, that didn't for really that,
1: one. that didn't really lead to much of anything.
0: I went and snapped a few pictures, but, but you, it was really just a bunch of you kids. You did some great it, reporting. We ran it on the front page. Yeah. Well... There's something else going down at Stony Brook Middle School, Chuck. And you're going to like it when you hear it. These kids are into some kind of drug that turns them into
1: (laughs) mindless killing machines. They
0: may well be. Yeah. But something else is happening. I just got word of it from a source well placed within SMS. Okay. They're changing how they do garbage. Uh huh. At the school. Uh huh. I told him, I said, my best guy.
1: Now, when you say you're, they're changing how they do garbage, mm. what uh, can you elaborate on that?
0: Um, I don't have too many more details. That's why I'm sending a investigative reporter. But uh, from what I can tell, uh, previously they did garbage one way, uh, and now um, now they're doing it a different way. And I said I'd send my best guy. They're mean, doing... That sounds interesting. Yeah. Maybe they've like cracked
1: the code on nuclear fission. Hey, you know what? And they're turning trash into clean. Limitless energy. <laughs> I would, I would love to
0: see that. If that's I would the happily case.
1: abandon this hard-hitting environmental piece that I'm working on,
0: if that's the case. Great, it's that kind of attitude, Chuck, that keeps me coming back to you. Great, um, I'll go check it out. I promised this young girl, Dawn, that uh, that we'd send someone from the Stony Brook News. I'm uh, on my way. She's gonna be thrilled. Mm, uh, phone move away from face. Click. Hello, hello. Did you? Hello? Stop, hello? Stop, stop, did you? Ha- did you? Dial tone noise. Dial tone <laughs> noise. And. Scene. yeah. So the Stony Brook News covers the recycling thing. Yeah, they do a recycling thing, and Stony Brook News covers it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they they're always there. Out. Yeah, right on the story.
0: And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Um, a dilly dilly, my lord. <laughs> Oh, hey, it's Evil Jack here. I was just workshopping some of the most evil ways to start an ad spot. Evil Tanner couldn't make it today because he's busy trying to break his previous record for how many people he can tell that they should smile more in a 24-hour period. I just wanted to give you an update on our uh, evil company, BetterHelp, uh, where we help evil betters to... um, Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bedfellows today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, com slash Bedfellows.
1: That was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a good role play. Now I'm in the mood for some discussion about a book. Okay. Okay.
0: Do you want to talk about eschatology? Eschatology. This was, and I've been waiting for Anne to do this for a while. Mm. A very eschatological book.
1: Eschatological. Part the theology concern with death, judgment, the
0: final destiny of the soul, mankind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought so too. When yeah. I was reading it. As we know, Baby Nation, if you've been listening along for a long time, Dawn books tend to have uh, fairly strong religious themes. Mm-hmm. Um, Dawn and the Impossible 3 is metaphorically about her struggle uh, yeah, coming you to already, terms with you lost it all the, this. the Holy Trinity. You lost this game. Uh, you can't Dawn try to make and, uh, up ground The now. Ghost at Dawn's House is about her personal relationship with the Holy Ghost. And on and on. This book is about end times. Or to use a technical term. It is eschatological.
1: Yeah, specifically
0: probably Christian eschatology. Yeah. This is a book about a dying planet. The end is coming, and Dawn is the only one who sees it. She's trying to prevent it. Mm. I thought we could dig into that.
1: Dig in, bud. I'm here. Let's talk about it. Genesis. That's the first book. Revelations. That's the last book?
0: Trumpets? Yes, exactly. Tearing
1: through the sky, an army of dead raised 1,000 years of torment on earth. I think people are worried about the rapture. Mm-hmm. But doesn't the rapture happen after a 1,000 years of demons kind of having their way with our
0: mortal world? I don't think the rapture happens at all. Mm. I mean, I don't think it's in the Bible. I I'm, I'm on the Wikipedia
1: page here for Christian eschatology.
0: Oh, I see. That stuff didn't come out
1: of your head. Second coming of Jesus, resurrection of the dead, the rapture, the tribulation... And millennialism.
0: That's like the millennial bug.
1: Oh. Yeah. Oof. That's still going to happen? Yeah. Next millennium? I mean... We missed it this time. (laughs) Christ will reign for a thousand years prior to the final judgment. That sounds great. It's right in Revelations, bud. Great. You're supposed to be the biblical scholar of the two of us.
0: Well, what I wanted specifically to talk about in relation to that is the seven seals. Does that show up in your Wikipedia? I can keep reading. Dawn names, notably, when she is talking about the environmental catastrophe that she must save the planet from, seven pestilences. Water waste, energy waste, acid rain, air pollution, vanishing animal life, too much garbage, water pollution. In terms of thinking about end times, as Dawn is, that put me immediately in mind of the seven seals. This is Anne's way of saying the seven babysitters have been united, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something has been coming for a long time, and now it's here. Dawn is literally trying to save the planet. The seven seals are the seals on the book that once you open it, it shows you that the end times are coming. Okay. You want to know what the first one is? A white horse appears. Oh, boy. A fucking dream horse? Oh, boy. Anna's prepared the way. We're starting to see signs.
1: I think I may actually be onto something here. I'm kind of doing
0: some sneaky research in the background. Here. I sure hope you are because uh, that's as far as I got. One, two,
1: three, four, five, six,
0: seven. 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 And Baby Nation, we know that seven is a very important number for Anne. I cannot emphasize this enough. The numbers four and seven are deeply important to her. Seven in particular because it's seven babysitters. Jack, four, you're talking about, about the babysitters. Seven seals? Yep. I guess how many
1: times Singer-Songwriter Seal has charted on the Billboard Top 100. What? Kiss from a Rose from Batman Forever, Crazy, Fly Like an Eagle from Space Jam, Oh. Prayer shit. for the Dying, Don't Cry, Love's Divine, Waiting for You.
0: Does that add up to seven?
1: Uh, Yeah, that adds up to seven.
0: Wow. I did not expect this to come back to Singer-Songwriter Seal. It
1: always does, though.
0: <laughs> it always does. And when Seal has charted for his seventh and final time. he I mean, he already did. Right. In um, 2003. Oh, wow. With Waiting for You. So everybody got past that Y2K thing, huh?
1: Maybe our numbers were just off.
0: Well, there you go. We've seen the seven Seals, right? So we've really dug to the bottom of this one. We've dug all the way to the bottom. There are seven pestilences that Dawn names in her failed attempt to save the planet. Mm-hmm. The lesson that she learns is she cannot do it alone. She can only do it if she unites the seven babysitters. Right. But the end times are here. It's too late. Oh, that's scary. Seal has charted seven times. Not in 1992. And in
1: 1992, it... he had only charted once.
0: I'm looking through the rest With, of these. Um,
1: crazy 1991. No one ever remembers that one.
0: I don't remember it. And if we're going to survive on this, we'll get a little, little, little crazy. crazy. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. The way you sing it, I always thought it was Eddie Vedder. (laughs) Um, All my impressions of any singer is my Eddie Vedder. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Love that Eddie Vedder song. Yeah. Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't expect to be singing Seal with you here today, Tanner. It always comes back to Seal, man. Yeah. Well, you want to know what else it comes back to? Or Boys to Men, buddy. And I hope this was one of your notes. I sure hope this was one of your notes. Because another thing that it always comes back to, and something much like Seal that I have been fighting, but it's in the text. You've somehow stumbled onto it, and it just keeps coming back now that my eyes are opened. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Do you want to read the passage, my friend? I think it's nestled in another segment we do. Oh, boy. called
1: called...
0: <gasps> <gasps> Claudia's it What was in Claudia's closet this week, Tanner?
1: Don. This is Don. Yeah. I was so anxious to talk to Stacy and everyone else that I reached Claude's house a full 10 minutes ahead of time. She was in the kitchen wearing big cooking mitts on each hand. Come in, Don. Claudia pointed to the oven. I want to show you my latest design. You making cookies? No. Dough earrings. Anne. Claude pointed to the timer, which had less than a minute left on it. They're almost done. Dough? You mean people can eat them? (laughs) Claudia giggled and shook her head. No, they're like dough ornaments that you hang on a Christmas tree. After I paint them, I'm going to cover
0: them with shellac. Which is the name of a Steve Albini band.
1: This just keeps getting (laughs) deeper and deeper.
0: (laughs) What? And Steve Albini famously produced Nirvana Heaven. End times.
1: If I'm looking up Steve Albini right now, if he fucking produced a Seal song, I'm going to lose <laughs> I, my goddamn mind.
0: I can tell you pretty definitively that Steve Albini has never produced a Seal Maybe. song. <laughs> he did produce a Stabbing Westward album, weirdly. That's a fun fact about Steve Albini and Stabbing West. Wait, where did our entire audience go? <laughs> <laughs> Is anybody still here? <laughs> we were talking about Claudia's Closet and yeah. an even more important theory. Bread theory. Bread theory. Bread theory. Babies and gentlemen. Bread Theory. I'm going to let Tanner walk you through Bread Theory. God, I wish you wouldn't. It's a complicated one. Is there anything more that you are allowed to reveal about what you know about Bread Theory at this time? I wasn't listening to you. As far as I can tell, Steve Albini never produced any Seal songs. Steve Albini never produced any Seal songs. literally told you that. You never know, though. Did they mention Stabbing Westward?
1: He's produced a lot of Urge Uh, Overkill albums. Don Caballero american
0: dawn yeah it makes sense they're chicago men
1: oh what a boring podcast we're doing right now this is what it would be like if we did a boring podcast no this is what mission. it would be
0: like if you let me do a fucking podcast i'm still digging into this i'm holding that hope that there's a seal song in here there's, there's absolutely no way that steve albini ever produced a seal song
1: would not that be so good though
0: <laughs> bush he did that bush album Razorblade suitcase yeah wow Oh, this is good content. Guided by
1: Voices? He did that (sighs) guy.
0: Alien Lanes? Uh, Under the Bushes, Under the Stars. Okay, that's like a random one. I think it's an EP. This is great stuff. This is great stuff. The thing about Steve Albini, Tanner, is he just kind of lets the musicians do their thing, he doesn't believe in a lot of whistles and bells. Are you avoiding bread theory? I could never have imagined in a no, million I was years just, I was that in, you would have you would have Steve
1: Albini land allowed me
0: to talk about Steve Albini for as long as I have.
1: I was nipple deep in Steve Albini over here, and you try to get me on bread theory, but I'm like oh.
0: <laughs> on Albini theory.
1: <laughs> Tell us what you know. Tell us what's new s- in the world of bread theory. S- so uh, when we last left bread theory, it was tied into Shade Theory, I think is what we were calling it. Okay. Uh, Pete Black. Oh, yeah. Uh, Alan Gray. And non-white. Non-white. Yep. Uh, now it seems like it's crept into Claudia's closet. Right. Claudia is often the conduit to a lot of these supernatural happenings in Stony Brook. For a little while, we were worried that she was becoming a sentient doll person because she was often described as having perfect, like, long black hair and porcelain skin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we were worried that she... We still are, I think, frankly, worried that she was uh, a hyper-intelligent AI created by Janine Kishi. Mm-hmm. Now it seems like she's, she's become she's the vessel this... yeah. for bread theory as well. Yeah. I hesitate to get too far into it uh-huh. because it's just so... It's such a vast and deep black chasm Yeah, that I would hate for either one of us to get lost. Right. But the main thrust of bread theory Mm -hmm. is that uh it's just all bread it's bread right these books are bread Mm -hmm. they always have been bread they always will be bread yeah that's all i really have it's still developing Mm -hmm. and i know that's not a satisfactory answer but like again well i need to be very we need to tread very lightly here on
0: behalf of baby nation thank you for sharing what you can yeah we'll wait for further updates as you learn. More. Oh, it's exciting though, huh? Um, here's, a... I feel like you're really just like tread
1: the water on the surface of this deep, vast ocean. Yeah. Of bread. bread. Yeah.
0: That was good, man. We, we really synchroed up right there. Um, two things about this one
1: synchroed up. You could have just said synchronized same amount of syllables. Okay. But... One of them does make sense. One of them doesn't make sense. Uh,
0: the thing about when you're super dibly yeah. is you make up make cool them, slang. No, you're right. Fuck. Yeah. Um, Dough earrings? That's not a thing. That's not an actual thing. No, and I don't really kind of shoehorn this one in. Is is it dough? She's baking earrings. Isn't it going to rot, moldy? You put
1: shellac on it, but is that enough? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't quite get it. Yeah, maybe someone in Baby Nation can help kind of illuminate this for us a little bit. But yeah, it seems made up. Do we have any
0: like bread? God, I hope not.
1: Oh my God, I hope not.
0: Yeah, that's terrifying. That would really scare me. I bet the bread experts, much like the scholastic lawyers, they're not, like, friends of this podcast. Oh, no. The bread experts are monitoring this to see if we blow the lid off their conspiracy. I, mean, I think we already have started to. Yeah, so if you're a bread expert, we don't want to hear from you. It means we've gotten too close. Um, here's the other thing. Earrings in these novels mm-hmm. symbolize coming of age, symbolize bloodletting. Mm-hmm. They mm, Yuck. Do they or do they not? Yeah, but it's gross to describe it as bloodletting. <laughs> we know from, gosh, I'm going to be real proud of myself if I remember the name of the novel where this is true.
1: Stacy and Who? Too Many Earholes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Stacy Plus Two. From BSC book number 14, Stacy Plus Too Many Earholes. Yeah. Uh there's a lot of earring talk. Yeah. Go back, listen to that episode. It'll be easy for you to find because we definitely got the title of the book, right? Yeah, um, Mal and Jesse. Ear holes are a currency Yeah, in Stony Brook. Right. The They're, more holes you have in your ears, the, the more powerful you are. The higher you are up on the babysitting hierarchy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The uh, junior babysitters not only are junior babysitters uh, and can only sit in the afternoons, but they only each have... Two total holes in their ears. Yeah. Dawn, meanwhile, who's the Captain Planet of this operation, the Gaia, Gaia. of this operation, yeah. has, I think, five total holes in her ears. I, I th- she's I'm got two sure. in one I ear so. and three in another. Yeah, yeah.
1: I also think it's worth more to have an odd number of ear holes, right, right, than an
0: even number. Claudia's right. only two and two, but she's also doing crazy shit. I kind of think holes. having three may be better than having
1: four. I think that asymmetry is really powerful.
0: That's important. I think so. We should go through, because I don't know. I, are Marianne and Christy, do they have ear piercings zero at holes. all?
1: They have zero. They have the holes they hear out of right. in their ears. Right. Okay. As do most of us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they don't have any additional holes. Right. So in the hierarchy, according to earring theory, mm. Dawn is number one. Yeah.
1: It's not about the earrings, it's about the holes. Right. What you adorn them with is right. just, like, status symbol.
0: Well, unless you adorn them with bread. Mm. Right? Then yeah. you're making a play. You're making a power play. Because so, no one Claudia's
1: else... constantly... We should keep yeah. an eye on what Claudia's always hanging off her ears. Right. Because a lot of times it's, like, dinosaurs.
0: God, that's such a fucking good point.
1: Or, like, little dolls. <sighs> I Cla- think it's just, like, whatever faction she's aligned herself with that week... That she's thrown herself at the mercy of.
0: That makes a ton of sense. We should keep an eye out for whether she adorns her ears with witches, ghosts, soldiers with magnificent weapons. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, we've opened the bread box. Uh, it's like opening the seven seals, man. Once it's open, once it's out there, whatever's coming is coming our way. There's Here's no the more exciting thing, man. Pushing it back.
1: I'm out of notes. I'm flying blind.
0: Okay. Did you not take any... Fly
1: like an eagle, you and me. Okay. Fly like an eagle, let the spirit carry me, I want to fly. You know who sang that? Seal? Seal. Yep. (laughs) Wow. I mean, Steve Miller band originally, but Seal covered it. Can you do that in an Eddie Vedder voice? (laughs) Fly
0: Fly like like an eagle. eagle. That was good. Good. Great. Um, Tanner, I'm surprised that you were out of notes. That really surprises you, huh? (laughs) Yes, given this note that I'm about to read to you. Buddy leapt to his feet. I want to save the dolphins. So do I. Should I do a baby voice for it? Mm. So so, so do I. Nope. Nope, nope. I wouldn't. Okay. So do I, Susie said. I wouldn't do the
1: power. I wouldn't do mark marks either. (laughs) I'd just do normal. Okay, fine. Buddy
0: leapt to his feet. I want to save the dolphins. Why do you give him a man voice? He's a boy. Let me just get through this. Okay. (laughs) Buddy left to his feet. I want to save the dolphins. He said, so do I, Susie said, joining him. This is the impossible three, by the way. Yeah. This is the holy trinity. Uh Me too. Marnie sprang to her feet and grabbed Susie's hand. The three kids hopped up and down, chanting, save the dolphins. It sounded a lot like save the dolls, fins. Says dawn. Sure it does, dawn. <laughs> sure it does. If you thought it was bread all the way down, and you're new to this, it stalls all the way down. It stalls all the way up. Yeah, bread all the way down.
1: Yeah, and here I am stuck in the middle with you. was that a you know Seal that? <laughs> Steve Miller Band,
0: <laughs> who also sang quite like an a Eagle. major major influence on Covered Seal. Covered by Seal, <laughs> produced by Steve Albini. Maybe. (laughs) I highly doubt it. (laughs) Here's what I can do for you. A fin, the word fin, is Old English. Mm. From the Proto-Germanic finno, which may be via the Latin pinna, meaning feather or wing. Or else from the Latin spina, meaning thorn. Okay. So, putting that all together, the three kids hopped up and down, chanting, Save the doll's wings. Or, say, if the dolls thorns, thorns, spikes.
1: What does that mean, though?
0: I don't know, man, but it's fucking terrifying. Demons have wings.
1: Some dinosaurs have wings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can keep thinking of things that have wings.
0: Yep. Uh, Eagles. Eagles. Fly like an eagle. Okay. Um, wings. Uh was the name of Paul McCartney's Paul McCartney's band. band after yep. Beatles. Yep. Uh, thorns. Roses have thorns. Roses have thorns. Kiss Every rose, rose has a thorn. Kiss from a rose.
1: Maybe that's it? Is that where you were headed with this?
0: I don't know where I was headed with this. I'm just saying, when Anne mentions dolls, we take note. It's terrifying that she's talking about dolls have wings now. You want to know what other doll has wings, Tanner? Oh, shit. Our girl. Our anime girl. I'm literally holding up right now. Her
1: wings broke off, though.
0: An anime girl mm. from the hit anime, Cardcaptor Sakura. From the hit country, who Japan. Who is the doll that watches over our podcast and she is a doll with wings. No. They broke off. She was a doll with wings. She has now she's she has got two holes in her holes. back. Oh,
1: so that's... Uh, you know how many holes I have in my back? <laughs> Not, none. Don't want to. <laughs> yeah, just none. I mean, I guess the one down at the bottom. All right, well, so let's keep an eye on that. Yeah. Eco-terrorism, Edward Abbey, mon- Monkey Wrench Gang. Uh-huh. Next. Right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Should we talk a little bit about this book? Don Don like she fucking loses it. Yeah, she, she loses becomes an eco-terrorist. She loses her mind. It's whatever the opposite of California casual is. Yeah, she it's, it's New York overbearing, overbearing. She like you. can't fucking let it go. Excuse yeah. me? Nothing. Okay. She can't let it go. She goes to class and they're like, "Hey, guess what? The environment is in trouble." And then she spends the rest of the book policing anytime someone Buys something that's not from recycled paper, or like right. she goes crazy over Claudia getting junk food, which is the only reason that she has for living, right? Because it's like wrapped in non biodegradable packaging. She fucking hates styrofoam. Yeah, she loses her mind over styrofoam. That's permanent trash. She yeah, keeps yelling
1: that never goes away.
0: Um, she forces her whole school to open a recycling center in their parking lot and she's so obnoxious in the course of doing it that they like they vote any credit yeah from her
1: (laughs) yeah they vote uh their teacher mrs gonzalez to be the head of it
0: they're like this is actually a really good idea but like we'll only go along with it if like any mention of dawn or any involvement of dawn yeah in this is completely stripped from the actual execution of it
1: and then mrs gonzalez who's like an adult woman just takes all the credit for it yeah <laughs> like stony brook news comes and they like take her picture and she like cuts the ribbon and gives this speech about how this was all her idea and it was so much work yeah just like no mention of dawn yeah that was a weird move yeah She's but also adult woman and she took the credit for this well, and then
0: girls so the fucking finale of this shit is that Don writes a thirty-page essay. What is? It? Does Anne know?
1: I don't think Anne's ever written an essay because this, this is like the third time that yeah. one of the babysitters has written like a novella-length
0: essay for a class project. It's weird. And there's e- even our boy Pete Black. is even longer. Is even longer. I don't think maybe Anne didn't go to middle school, or she like skipped straight to grad school or something. Yeah. <laughs> She like walks into Scholastic and all the interns who are changing their desk and's like, "Hey, what's a normal length for a school essay? Would you say a hundred pages?" <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, they're all still in grad school, <laughs> yeah. So she asks, "What's a normal length for an essay?" And they're just like, they're like "I don't know, uh, like 30,
0: 40 pages." Yeah, it's like, yeah, something like thirty pages. Yeah. Then you what's have the to topic. You have to like defend it in front of like a panel. Um, anyway, so Don writes a thirty-page essay, and her essay is about how she was fucking awful.
1: Yeah. That's It's hard to fill out 30 pages
0: with that because Don's usually so great. Yeah. Yeah, look, I love Don just as much Do as you? the next person. I love Don. She's my favorite babysitter. I'm open about that. Okay. She's my number one babysitter. But boy, she doesn't come out great in Dawn centered books. No, especially not this one. So what happened here? Maybe she's worried about something that is deeper than it seems. Like she is genuinely worried that the world is going to end i've been pretty concerned about the end times since about um
1: y2k yeah since y2k (laughs) i'm still kind of waiting for that shoe to drop that was our first taste of it yeah uh but i have not turned into an overbearing weirdo about it i think really i've just sunk further and further into my own apathy
0: yeah and that's the message of today's podcast and it also weirdly is the message of this book yeah it's like it's the message of this book is like environmentalism but not too much yeah <laughs> cool it though tone it down yeah um jenner can i ask you a question yeah did you this wait week? my
1: mic's on my mic wasn't even near my face i had moved it away so i could grab a beer is that a tazan day reference yeah it was a tazan day reference topical yeah remember a hey, baby nation you remember the 2008 youtube hit chocolate rain yeah that's right. what I was referencing.
0: We're uh, hitting all the topical references yeah. today. Y2K, Teeson Steve Miller Band, yeah. <laughs> Seals in 1991 hit crazy. Good. I hope you're still with us. They're with us. They're with this us. This is what they tune in for. <laughs> Nostalgia. All right, Teeson
1: Day. Remember those hit clips? <laughs> yeah. It was like 15 seconds of audio on a little microchip.
0: Yeah. I
1: don't know. Remember micro machines?
0: Um, the guy who talked fast. Yeah, he talked super fast yeah. about the small cars. Small cars. Small cars. Fast yeah. talking man. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. Remember. Uh, Remember the uh, hit
1: movie uh, "Fast Talking Man" teaches uh, boy about small cars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That'd be I, a good movie.
0: Yeah, that sounds good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know why? If you said, "I have a hundred dollars for you, Tanner yeah. Greenring. If you can name the movie where J.K. Simmons is mean to." the boy from fantastic fantastic four yeah i just could i would say drumline and they're like no that's the mariah carey's
0: ex-husbands here's my version of it if you said that to me can you name the hit movie where a boy takes drum lessons from a mean fast-talking man i would immediately say even though i've looked this up dozens of times spotlight and it's not. I know it's not. And it's, it's not Drumline. Not. It's not Drumline, and it's not Spotlight. It's not, not Drumline, spotlight. it's not Spotlight. That's all we know. Inferno?
1: I can't remember. <laughs> is it called Inferno? <laughs> I, we don't do it to be cute, Baby Nation. We <laughs> really don't know the name of that movie. I don't know why we mention it as often as we do. Ugh. We definitely don't need to, but...
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you a question, Tanner. And the question is as follows. Did you, sir, this week have a... <gasps> <laughs> burn of the week. J.K. Simmons. Why are you looking it up? Let's live. Let's live in the uncertainty, I'm not my man. It up. Why I'm did you look it up? You just googled J.K. Simmons. I'm not
1: googling J.K. Simmons. I'm looking at my burn of the week.
0: Then why did you say J.K. Simmons?
1: Because I just I was still on my mind.
0: <laughs> I'm still thinking about J.K. Simmons,
1: aka J Jonah Jameson from the. Spider Man. Original Spider Man
0: trilogy. Um Tanner, did you have a burn of the week? Yeah, I got one. Okay, hit me. Shauna has Shauna Riverson. Shauna Riverson. The recurring character nowadays. Neither liked nor disliked. I think she's somewhat disliked. I think she's like a foil. She never has good intentions. She's a heel. She's a heel.
1: To put it in pro wrestling terms. I think
0: Alan Gray is a heel. Oh, man. Uh, uh, Baby B put you on blast and wrote into us and agreed with me that Alan Gray is chaotic neutral.
1: I don't care. Fuck <laughs> both of you. How oh. about that? Okay.
0: Sorry. Thank you for listening to the <laughs> podcast.
1: <laughs> uh, Shauna Riverson has a locker right next door to Don's, and she's like right in the eye of the hurricane. With yeah. Don is insane in this book, Baby
0: Nation. I, she goes wild with this environmentalism.
1: Shauna opens up her locker and a bunch of styrofoam packages fall out because she's a slob. Yeah. Uh, and Don is chiding her about it and says, like, that's permanent garbage. That's going to end up in the, in the ocean where turtles are going to eat it. Uh, Shauna shut her locker door and began walking down the hall. I followed her all the way to homeroom, trying to make her come to her senses. It is a very big deal. Do you know that the chemicals used to make styrofoam are ruining the ozone layer? I didn't realize it, but I was practically shouting. That causes the greenhouse effect, which is why the Northeast is having a drought right now and why Texas is getting waterlogged. So tell them to get an umbrella, Shana said as we stepped into our homeroom.
0: (laughs) Is that a burn on Texas?
1: Yeah, it's a burn on Texas.
0: (laughs) That's getting waterlogged. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So if we have any listeners in Texas, yeah, uh, fuck you. Yeah.
0: don't take it from us. Take yeah. it from Shauna Riverson. <laughs>
1: That's straight from Shauna's mouth through <laughs> us to you, Texans.
0: That's good, man. Shauna Riverson can line up with uh, Stacy McGill climate change denier. <laughs> Stacy McGill
1: stopped being a climate change denier yeah, in this book.
0: In this book, but, but I could still kind of feel in it. a previous book, she literally had a line where she held up a snowball and right. was like. Oh, you're telling me global warming is real yeah. with these temperatures? Right. Um, I would love to see Shauna and Stacy be some nightmare caucus in Congress. And just like.
1: <laughs> just They're ahead make... of their time. Just give them another. Uh, Flippant
0: uh, jokes about people drowning in Texas. Like, give them another they can... 25
1: years <laughs> and they can be right there in the
0: Senate. Yeah. Good, good burn. I liked it. You have one, Jack? Yeah, I have a, I have a burn. You have a burn? I have a burn. You want to hear it? Hit me. Can I preface it by saying that um, I didn't understand this burn when I wrote it down. Okay. It just felt real meaty. Yeah. And I think I, I now I think I understand it. I just like as I was looking over it just now. Good. It's th-
1: gonna be very natural.
0: Think I understand it. Yeah. Um. But we'll, we'll maybe we'll maybe get there together. Yeah.
1: If, sure. Explain a joke. That's. You know what always makes a joke, way funnier
0: is explaining it. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. much funnier if you can pick apart all the little moving parts of the joke. Yeah um let's dig in yep. explain the concept of a joke first as wordsworth says we murder to dissect mm. i think i've said that quote before on this podcast yeah, probably
1: you're insufferable uh, Jesus.
0: not only am i insufferable but now i'm just repeating myself that's I mean, it we've, we've come, come to we... the end of my knowledge
1: we're not even that far in man we're <laughs> in episode like 56 it's the end times these guys are making shit up like i do Ugh.
0: this meeting of the bsc is officially called to order as you know, today is Do's Day. I presumably that's Stacy saying that. Do's Day. Doos day. It's funny. Do's Day.
1: What if it's on a Tuesday?
0: Oh, funny because it rhymes with Tuesday. Yeah. Oh wait, no. Don't explain jokes. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Do, sorry. Don't <laughs> explain jokes. Sorry, I forgot. This meeting at the BSC is officially called to order. I think it, I'm going to say it's Christy saying this. Yeah. Jesse joked. I think we should all chip in to pay for an oxygen tank for Dawn. <laughs> what? Can you explain it to me? <laughs> I So when I first read it, I was like, it feels like a burn, but what does it mean? When I'm looking at it now, is it is it because she's like breathless in her environmental proselytizing? I pedaled as fast
1: as I could to Claude's house, raced through her front door, and collapsed on her bed just as the clock turned from 529 to
0: 530. <laughs> That's not as good as I thought it was. I think – so my version of that burn that I'm going to kind of live with in my heart is that Jesse is, like, sick of Dawn pontificating and just, like, not letting anyone get a word in edgewise and just, like, constantly talking about the thing. This is pre-any of that, though. Anyway, as a little addendum on that, Dawn gets the last word because she says, If I die now, please tell the world I died happy because I was on time to the babysitter's club meeting, which is a burn on Christy, who's – kind of a finicky about people being on time.
1: Right. Burn of the week? Yeah, you didn't really explain the joke. What you really did was just not understand the
0: joke at all. Good. Comedy. So, both good. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> um, we didn't have any tearful moments this week, Tanner? No, not a sad book.
1: Dawn is just kind of obnoxious and overbearing. Everyone calls her obnoxious and overbearing. She, like, really changes her tune very quickly. Like, <laughs> chapter 13, she's still hounding people, and then her friends are like... Don, you're being a little obnoxious and overbearing, and she's like, oh, am I? Oh, oh,
0: sorry. I'll go home and write a 30-page report about how sorry I am. Yeah. That's not how that tends to work. Right. Um, and this took three people to write. Mm. The author gratefully acknowledges two That's
1: people. That's crazy because the A plot is the B plot.
0: Right. It takes a lot of craft to throw in all that bread theory. And the uh, that's true. Earring stuff and the Steve Albini stuff. The Steve Albini stuff. It's like, what even was Steve Albini doing in '92?
1: Hard to say, because I don't know how to Google things.
0: Man, that's weird. It's like your role on this show. I explain the jokes. Did you look shit up? The thing is, some of us are pretty tired, <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to reveal who that is until next week, Baby Nation. <laughs> um, Tanner, let's get the fuck out of here. Oh, wh- oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you got oh, anything else you want to talk about? Um,
1: Edward Abbey's hit eco-terrorism novel. You keep bringing it up. Um, it's just, I've read it (laughs) and I thought like, I can be the smart one this week, but it doesn't really work. It's about like people in the Southwest, like doing industrial sabotage.
0: And this is about people in the Northeast doing industrial sabotage. Not even. Yeah. Just very gentle. They start a recycling center. Right. And Chuck Winchester is there to cover it. Yeah. Um, Baby Nation, we only talked about one of the seven seals this week. It's a horse. Yep. A dream horse. Yeah. First seal is a dream horse. I'm kind of looking through these seals. Just rattle them off real quick. Let's see if we can find some. Second seal is another horse. Okay. Whose rider is granted a great sword to take peace from the earth.
1: That's cool as hell. I want to be that. Great. So That's we have... my dream horse.
0: Your dream horse is a red horse with a rider who has a great sword to take. I'm peace the rider. From. Okay, cool.
1: I have a big sword. And my dream horse is a huge dung. Oh boy!
0: <laughs> a soldier with a magnificent weapon. Tanner got him. The third seal is a loaf of bread.
1: <laughs> the fourth is a purple horn. <laughs> All
0: right, we did it, Baby Nation. We fucking did it. Look, we're we're gonna keep an eye out for these seven seals. And has gifted us with seven seals. Seal has gifted us with seven chart topping hits. Yep. And we have gifted you, the Baby Nation, with <laughs> whatever the fuck this was. <laughs> <laughs> I promise, I promise you, Baby Nation,
1: that eventually we'll get right again. Yeah. (laughs) The last three weeks have been pretty wild. We've been doing a lot of uh, living on opposite sides of the world. Yeah. Kind of back and forth. Mm -hmm. I
0: think by this time next week, we'll be right as rain. Who can say? Yeah. Tough to say. Um, We've got a little housekeeping to do before we wrap things up. Uh, First of all, a huge thank you to Baby B Matt, who sent in a homemade and brilliant heavy metal version of the Babysitters Club club theme song.
1: That you'll hear at the end of this episode.
0: That you will hear at the end of this episode in mere moments. Right. Um, yeah, it's fucking great. It goes by
1: Wolf Killer, Baby B Wolf Killer oh, on man. SoundCloud.
0: That's so cool.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, he nabbed that Twitter handle too. That's so fucking cool, Matt. At Wolf, Wolf killer.
0: killer, God. Shit. Yeah, thank you to At Wolfkiller. You're too
1: cool to be listening to our show.
0: Yeah. So thank you for, for that. That's gonna be a real treat. Um and also thank you to me, Tanner Greenring. No, baby, I think best? it's friend. I think it's Kate. Cake? Kate. <laughs> <laughs> for a man who professes to Google shit, you're real bad at it. What am I looking up? Cake? A a beautiful baby bee. Cake? Called Cake. Yeah, a baby bee whose name is Cake. Um, And who deserves better than us giving her a sweet bread nickname. A huge thank you to the amazing baby bee, Katie, who sent us engraved notebooks that said, respectively, bread theory. Mine said bread theory. B theory. Yeah, yours said B theory. They also came wrapped
1: in beautiful notebook covers. Yeah,
0: that were monogrammed with with our our initials. initials. Um, And so that is what you get when you triangulate Tanner. People send you fucking awesome shit. So thank you for that. That was a lovely and thoughtful gift and a lovely note Um, that that I I feel like in the package that said yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. As I was packaging this, I remember
1: Jack as a lifelong vegan.
0: Oh, yeah, and the covers are leather. But, you know... Still very thoughtful. It was very thoughtful and lovely, Um, and we're appreciative of it, even if we uh, got your name wrong. Um, And one final piece of housekeeping.
1: One final piece. This is
0: good. This feels professional, Tanner. It feels like doing housekeeping, you know? That means we made it. We we hit the big time.
1: There's this rad thing called Radio Public. Mm -hmm. They do a lot of cool stuff, but one of the cool things they do is curated podcast playlists we jazz have been featured on one mm-hmm. from the Bello collective of podcasts they enjoyed in 2016 which is very nice of them so radio public said you rad boy- bad boys want to do one yeah and we said sign us up yeah so we made a playlist of the podcasts we enjoy most and that have influenced our show the most um, half of them are boring. Mm-hmm. Half of them are dynamic and engaging and exciting and funny. Completely agree. Uh, you can find that at radiopublic dot com slash bscc podcast. It's called the Smarter Dumber Collection.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll let you figure out why. Yeah, Baby Nation. Tanner's tired. Yeah, I'm tired of holding this whole thing up all by myself. Yeah, uh, this... I agree. You yep. did.
1: you did all the work <laughs>
0: <laughs> this week I just sang seal songs we... as usual <laughs> Well we're never going to survive unless we get a little crazy Yeah wow <laughs> resonant and according to this book we maybe aren't going to survive anyway Yeah This week we read a book called Cor-
1: Hey according to the headlines <laughs> <Congress>. <laughs> I'm trying to say
0: seg- I'm trying to segue ourselves out hey, of here so you the- could
1: can... Hey if pros the opposite of Con is progress the opposite of Congress. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm trying to get us out of here so you can leave, Tanner. We read a book called Dawn Saves the Planet. Next week we're gonna read a book. Read more of these damn things. Yeah. Oh. Let's <laughs> just keep going. We're reading a book next week called Stacy's Choice. Mm? Sounds terrifying. I think Stacy has two kids and she has to choose between one of them. <laughs> it sounds awful. If the other one dies. Oh boy! Yeah, it's gonna be a real tearjerker. Um, this week, ladies and gentlemen, I have been Jack Shepard. I have been
1: Tanner Greenring.
0: You don't even say this week anymore. You, like, the peril of construction is right out the window with you, buddy. Not interested. Claudia's wearing a bra now. The way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented.
1: and a
0: Mm-hmm. For me, me tanner, love. Ah! Did we have a discussion on this podcast or like embarrassingly not even on this podcast about which one of our wives is the Jack and which one is the Tanner? We didn't have it on the podcast, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> Weirdly, both of our wives are Jacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we decided that both of our wives are the jack yeah um and i don't know and don't necessarily want to know what that says about each of us it means you're
1: all attracted to tanners (laughs) (laughs) sorry
0: sarah (laughs) sarah kind of got kind of got lost in the wash there